1: the following program flame on is presented by the nerdy show network geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse all nerdy show programming is made possible by a comic shop orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination and with the generous support of listeners like you to learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming visit nerdyshow.com
0: Welcome to Flame On. I'm Brian and I'm here with BJ. Hey, what's up? And we're here for a very, very special interview. Uh, You've known his work. He's done some really amazing stuff at Image. Burn the Orphanage has got to be one of my absolute favorite Image books. I treasure it dearly. I have the bear character pen that, that this person made on my lanyard at work along with all my other curling little pins. Wait, that's that's on your work lanyard? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no one's ever asked me about it. I think it's too high up. I got to move it down. But um Cena Grace, welcome to Flame On.
3: Woo! <laughs> Happy to be here. Thanks.
0: <laughs> now, this is not your first visit, of course. We have had uh, at least one interview with uh, you. Oh gosh, it was probably like a year or more back. It, it was before I was on the show. Yeah, that's true. So, it was probably like 2 years, but um we had talked about Burn the Orphanage, of course, because that is still, again, such a great work.
3: Um, yeah, you guys are maybe like the only reason that book, you know, ends up in the black. Oh, <laughs> um, well. No, it was, no, yeah. It, you guys were super um, nice to me from the get go. And, and I think I remember uh, there being several instances in that interview where, like, it, you know, it was probably impossible to edit because we were just laughing over each other. So <laughs> I had to come back. <laughs>
0: Well, I I love talking to you. We talked about uh, stuff on comic book bears not that long ago, relatively, Wait. and that's that was an interview. I was so happy that you were able to participate in because I mean, of course, you are surrounded by fabulous and furry uh, comic book nerds. Ah, um, uh, dream <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, we're here because um, you've got some really cool stuff coming up. Uh, image foremost, which you know is kind of near and dear to your heart, being a former. Um, so, so I have to ask: Working for Kirkman's and Skybound and all that, that's not—is it a subsidiary of Image, or is it sort of an outside outside entity that then like collaborates with Image? How does that all work?
3: The easiest way to describe how imprints at Image Comics works is sort of the same way imprints at music labels work. Like, what you know, Def Jam is an imprint of what, like Universal or Warner? So, yeah. Um, So basically, you know, Robert's a partner at Image and he just, yeah, he started his own imprint. So they have, they're in the same part of the catalog together, so they still have that benefit, but Robert is able to create his own sort of contracts and rules uh, with those creators. And so basically, you know, without without going into subtleties that I don't (laughs) really understand, um... You know, they, there are benefits that that they still get, from, you know, Skybound still gets from being uh, under the image eye, but then they also can create some of their own rules in terms of uh, the content they put out. And, and it creates a little bit of brand unity, too. Like, uh, you know, I know that a lot of Robert's stuff lives in a shared universe and, you know, uh, e- that alone could have been the reason for an imprint, but obviously walking dead and invincible live in two different worlds. And you know, that that's not the reason, but I hope that explains everything. No, no, that, <laughs>
0: that totally does. And, and the reason I bring that up is because if you were for a time, I don't remember how long, but you were editor, your editorial director. Is that correct? Yeah. So, and I know that was like, um, it wasn't your first job in comics, but that was one of those kind of like really, you know, major milestones in your career in comics. and, Kirkman, of course, we all have seen him. We know how delightfully bearish he is and (laughs) how delightfully, like, lovely as a human being he is. He's super sweet. Um, Yeah. You learned a lot. I mean, you know, kind of cut your teeth, so to speak. And certainly I I feel like you've, you've stayed in the family doing your works at Image, whether it be Burn the Orphanage or... Or what you're you're about to about to promote here, so I mean overall, I mean it seems like you you did really have a good relationship and you kept that good relationship going out uh, doing your I, own things
3: I would hope so, yeah, I you know, um I don't quite remember what the if there was a question there, just sort of <laughs> <laughs> but you know
0: yeah. jumping off point, go for it.
3: But yeah, no, it, um, yeah, Robert's super cool. And, and and I think the thing you said sort of like it was the first big deal job. It definitely was like, you know, I had been doing stuff in comics since I was in high school, whether it was like interning or doing zines or, you know, illustrations or whatever. And, and having that role uh, as an editorial director for something that uh, on my watch went from a bona fide hit to an international phenomenon. Like, you know, the book was super successful and everything, but they brought me on right when season one was starting to air of the show. So, you know, really, I got to just see this thing happen. And um, it it was such a unique experience, because for all intents and purposes, it sort of showed me where I am in the world uh, (laughs) with my own pursuits. You know, I little depressed boy was coming out at the time. So, that's a book I draw on Image Comics. Everyone to go buy a million copies. But uh <laughs> but it was one of those things where it's like you you see how big and how little you are in the grand scheme of things. Um and it sort of taught me what to strive for and and how to kind of find my own version of success in the industry. And that like, you know, there's no there's no schooling you can get for that besides just being a part of it. And uh yeah, and I'm always grateful and, and the people at Image are are always gonna be something super special to me and and I love that they uh think my my brand of weird uh fits in the world <laughs> so yeah they, they'll all, like i i don't I don't ever foresee not putting stuff out at image if i if I have the option and that's, if it were a,
0: it's such a good testament to their brand because i mean I've heard that from so many creators yeah. that have worked there and are currently working there that they have such a a great experience with the people. I mean, not just the success with their books, but even if their books are, you know, maybe not as successful as they wanted, they still have a great relationship and they still really enjoy the experience and they're still open and, and receptive, you know, to come back to that brand.
3: Yeah. And, and one of the key pieces of advice I've gotten, and it's so dumb, but, and, and I think a lot of aha moments in people's lives are dumb and it's just sort of, how it's delivered and when it's delivered to you. But um, Eric Stevenson, the, the big guy over there, I forget what his title is president or gosh knows what, but you know, he just kind of one time, like, you know, I was trying to pitch him things and he was like, he was like, do something, like show me something you care about. And then like, I'll take a look, but don't like stop trying to make things that you think are going to do well. Like just, you know, he's basically saying, do you. And, and, and that is a, the, the, the best advice I've ever gotten and, and it's always echoed in everything I do and, and echoed in every moment where I try to show sort of someone imparting knowledge to someone else is like, just be true to you. And, and and a lot of the other stuff will sort of figure itself out. Um, and that doesn't, you know, a lot of publishing houses don't, don't give you that advice or they don't say like, lean into, lean into what you love. You know, there, there's a lot of, uh, notion about sellability and, and, and that stuff. And, um, image is just more like if it makes the creator happy, like that's going to show on the page and readers are going to respond to, you know, these these folks hitting their own personal happy button, you know?
0: Well, what I love that you mentioned that because it's, it's baked into something I wanted to talk about with you, which is your self-obsessed, um, direct-to-video video series i'm not sure what the correct uh <laughs> webisode web series web series um because
3: yeah, I, a web series.
0: I, I totally you you sent over the first episode of season two and season one was fabulous we loved it to death um, thank you <laughs> i mean it was it was so it was so entertaining because having read the comic and having talked to you and knowing sort of your journey like you distilled it down to this this sort of Sex and the City. I, I always come back to Sex and the City because know it's such an influence. But like this sort okay. of like you know, uh, I don't even know like slice of life. Well, almost.
2: Up, uh, well, I don't want to say coming of age, but kind of like like maturing, like going yeah, through life and like, growing
0: and having experiences. Yeah, I mean, so so that journey and it was so there in the, the in the in the series, like in the video, in the in the, the web series, it was so there. So so season two. And this is not out yet. I believe it comes out soon, correct?
3: Yeah, it'll be all five episodes will be available uh, March 23rd. so oh. I think, So I, I think by the time listeners are uh, getting this, they can watch all five episodes of season two. Absolutely. Oh, nice. No.
0: They'll be able to go right out and binge watch, as they like to say. But I love it <laughs> In episode one, you absolutely have a scene, uh, Sean Makowitz, is that how you say his name? Yeah, perfect. So Sean and and I was that was like I was like that that's I think I've, I think I've talked to him. I think I know who he is. And so yeah, he you guys had this great scene, and it totally distills down what you were just saying about you know they don't want to just say what's sellable. They don't want you to pitch what's sellable. They don't want to hear elevator pitches. They don't want to hear like you know oh this thing oh it's gotta I I forgot all the details you pitched, but like it's this great oh, yeah. string of of not nonsense but like tropes that you totally see out there in the industry. But, um, and he's just like, you know what? I don't, don't do this again. Come back and tell me what you want to say, what you want to write, what you want to bring. And like, that's exactly what you're talking about with Skybound and with Kirkman's brand. He just, an image in general, like they don't want just what's going to sell. They want, well, what do you care about? And so I, I love that, that that came through in that, that scene.
2: That, that whole scene, I remember watching that and I was like, I was like, oh no. Stop. 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 (laughs) And this is the thing that
0: Cena you do that I I think a lot of people in these kind of projects, like more recently, like Larry David and some other um, you know, these sort of bio fictional whatever's like you're just so vulnerable and so open to not just playing this idealized version of yourself, but this this very real exaggeration of yourself where you're just laying it bare. Like you're just nope. These are life lessons I've learned, and whether or not it actually happened to you that way, you're not afraid of putting it out there. Like that's your story.
3: Thanks. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, exaggerated. No, no I'm kidding.
2: Um, <laughs> no. I just I just kept my mouth shut while you were saying that, and I was like, I was like, what what words is he going to use?
3: <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, you well, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, you got to play it up for, for for shits and giggles. I've never, I've n- like for people who haven't watched season two yet, the scene uh, we're all talking about is I go and I pitch the, the guy who replaced me at Skybound Entertainment. And uh, I, I just go in very cocky and unprepared. Um, and I just think like, I'll win him over on the elevator. Um, and yeah, and I've, yeah, so the, the exaggeration part is I've never said to someone it's X-Men meets, you know, dot, 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 (laughs) Um, but that's a very, you know, the thing that I, I, I hope and, and, and believe that others relate to is like, yeah, sometimes you go into a room and you think you've got it and you think you're going to nail it because you're so cocky and sure of yourself. And then. You know, I don't. I don't know what the rating is on this uh, podcast, but oh, sometimes no, just go eat for shit. It.
2: yeah, go you know I mean? go for it.
3: Yeah, you eat shit, <laughs> and um, yeah. and and the only way that that'll be relatable, and the only way that like the humanity can be pulled off, is if you let it get kind of ugly, or if you you know you let people see the ugly parts, and um, and 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 yeah, I, I think it's hard for I, I've always been nervous with this thing called self obsessed because it's like it obviously is about someone who sort of is indulged in too many ways, but I still want people to, you know, like him and follow him and root for him. And, and I think, uh, and I hope that when, when everyone watches this season, they'll, they'll, they'll see that and, 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 and still like him at the end of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and again, like I, I, I say the exaggerated, because obviously this is somewhat semi-autobiographical, but it, it's like you said, it's you're trying to maintain this balance between, this sort of honesty this brutal honesty and this likability and it's like a delicate balance and cuz you're you're obviously basing it on your true life events but played up in a way that tells a very sort of you know like not straightforward but sort of a narrative that sort of that really sells well the, the the story and kind of explains the character in a in a in a clear way unlike life where sometimes it just takes weird right turns and you don't understand what's oh going
2: on oh my god life is so absurd yeah i mean um, well, it, it's funny because so when I started, started on Flame On, like everybody kept mentioning your name. And I was like, who is this person that you're talking about that they think the who is <laughs> and, and it? And it was right around the time um, season one of Self-Obsessed came out. And I was like, alright, I need, the, I need research to research this person. I'm on a podcast now. Damn it. I need to do the thing. And I sat down and I remember watching episode one and I was like, oh I kind of like this guy and then like halfway through season one I was like oh no please don't please don't do that please no please don't. and it was it was just one of those things and by the end of it I was like oh I really this is nice this is sweet and then season two and then I it was announced that season two was happening and I was like oh oh no there's more oh gosh <laughs> And like and and over the and after I watched season one, I I you know went back and looked up some of your books and everything, and and it's it's for those for those of you listening to the podcast and for those of you who are kind of getting to know Cena, um, season one of Self Obsessed is really good to start, and then that'll kind of send you on a whole Cena obsession, which (laughs) which I'm currently in the middle of.
3: Tight.
4: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Nice. That's good. No. Well. again it's based on this 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 graphic graphic novel this this comic series i don't remember originally did you do it serialized or did it just come out in one one go
3: it was actually a 40 page one shot in like 2014 and then um i uh i i apparently i just have depressions on the regular but i'd hit this like low point and uh I didn't really have a project in front of me to, to figure out. And so I just decided to kind of expand that book. Like I was, I was staring at it and, and 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 you'll see in season two sort of how I, I try to make all, that all look. But um, by the end of it, you know, I, I found a way and a structure to like make it all come together. Yeah, um, so it, 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 it's mainly a graphic novel now. Like I don't really want people to know about that one shot in the oh. sense of like it exists, but. There's no need to look it up it, it it's the same content maybe like i I think I deleted like four or five pages from it just to make uh what I'm doing in the book different and to make people who bought the book uh you know find something different about it if that makes sense yeah
4: yeah
0: well and yeah. and it it stands it stands alone now in in a great volume because like I said I had read that first after reading uh not my bag previously and then watched it and just was like oh my gosh like again it distills it down into a sort of a i mean because the 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 work the original work is a little more luxurious little explores a little bit more but the the web series sort of distills it and makes it very um presentable to a wide i mean i say wider audience because i'm sure a lot potentially a lot more people will watch the you know the video series but and then it ends in such a like open-ended sort of okay and now what way (laughs) That when I watched season two and it started and I'm like, oh, well, okay, now we're here. And he, there's certainly like this part in between that sort of is uh, unspoken, at least in the first episode. I don't know if you dip back into like the, 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 the in between as like a, fl- a flashback. But I mean, I was, I was certainly very, um, I was very surprised that it did sort of jump ahead to a different place. So I didn't yeah, know if I mean, that well, was that was I'm sure it was intentional, but what was the idea there to like sort of just skip skip to the next interesting bit, or did you just kinda wanna start fresh for new viewers, or what what were you thinking there?
3: I think um the real so like, you know, there there's your experience um watching it and then there's my experience making it. And when I finished making the first season, I was like, you know, I I like i hate to say like i was proud of myself but i was like proud of myself for having constructed a really like nice like beginning middle end arc for for one character and that was like my character and at the end of it i was just like well what about like all these other people like you know especially amber um you know she just sort of has this very like supportive n- reactive role in the first season and i really wanted to to give her something to do, um, because I think as anyone who has seen her on Buffy or has seen her in real life or anything, like, she's just, she, she's capable of more than she's given credit for, I feel, um, and and I, and as a, you know, I think also, like, she's very interesting in, in the sense of, here's this person who has liaised, um, you know, fame as a, as a beloved character. And, and, but it's also, she's sort of stuck with it too. And how is she kind of living with that all these years later and how is she, you know, working with it or against it or, and, and that's so fascinating. And this whole series is about kind of being behind the curtain for creative types. So I just wanted to get there. I wanted to get to allowing there to be room to explore her story Um, and also what you don't see in much at all of in season one, and it just so arbitrary is a, you know, her ex-boyfriend and the guy who killed her on Buffy, Adam Bush is in it. And, you know, he has like a really great scene, but it's just that. And, and so um, I wanted to kind of push the bigger picture stuff forward and, and make it more about everyone rather than just myself. And so I kind of, and also it's like, Uh, you're gonna see some struggles and you're gonna see sort of like how uh the time between seasons is filled in the sense of like in episode two cena and amber go to a comic convention um and and you see that like there's the hustle that's where you know he's making the money is going to these conventions um but yeah that was kind of my my intention for sort of moving forward is like I want. I wanted all the characters to do something, and if I was stuck in the like, how does this guy <laughs> have no money and like make it work? It, it, you know, it's like uh, he's figuring it out, and I think I think I even say it in the first episode, like I'm sleeping on an air mattress in Oakland, and and that's all the viewer needs to know. Like he doesn't have his own place. Um, you know, he's kind of a <laughs> which is true. I was that was uh, my life for a long minute. Was like, all right, like let's not focus on rent and let's. Just focus on getting uh, work done that, you know, doesn't pay well but makes my soul feel okay with itself.
0: <laughs> and um, the so again, the first episode, which is be out when you guys hear this, um, what I love is you re- revisit the old relationship you had, and how that relationship is different now because they've and I forgot the guy's name. What's what's the character's name?
3: Uh, The character's name is Greg, Greg. and the actor is lovely John (laughs) Gabriel. Yes, (laughs)
2: yes, he's very cute.
0: He's very lovely. And then he has found (laughs) new love. And I will tell you, like, I mean, I'm not trying to bullshit. Like the way that the sort of Prowler and uh, was it uh, Face, uh, not Facebook, Face Page, Face Face face. Page, (laughs) Uh, the, the graphic overlays of the various apps that. That you're going through, your character's going through, it's it's again like I've only seen a handful of of movies, web web shows, TV shows handle that well, and like it it works perfectly. And anyone who's ever used any apps like that or 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 you know they did it just it it worked. It like totally made sense. So that gears you and throws you into this you know realization that your ex has now got a new boyfriend, and you know the whole the whole gags that follow from that, and the dinner party, and all that. Um, like I, I see what you're saying now you're kind of revisiting these other characters and saying okay what did they get up to what's new with them and how does that affect you and that's again very like sort of honest because you know it's a weird thing seeing your ex with somebody else even if you may or may not have broken up with them like just, just seeing that change and kind of realizing that life has gone on it's, it's, it's a very honest uh, reaction and your character has a very uh, <laughs> honest reaction to that I I was I was in
2: tears over the bathroom scene like that's that whole scene has literally played out right before me. And I was I was laughing super hard at that whole thing, just the way you two were talking. Um, No, that was that was that was really good. Who is that actor that plays uh, Greg's new
0: partner?
3: So that's so that's Drew Drogie, who you've actually seen a million times as Chloe Seven <gasps> um, No. Yeah.
0: That is why. Okay No. Yep. yep. Yeah. It has come uh, to my agree. attention.
3: <laughs> oh my
2: God. Oh He's my God.
3: So, and and before I forget, like, I got a you know, like big, big credit to to the guy who directed season two, Kevin Sonicson. He really like he just understood and tapped into everything i was putting on the table in that script and really he did all the graphics for the social media stuff that you were talking about okay. um, so he really like nailed it so i'm just giving him points and i'll i'll bring him up a few more times cuz i love him dearly but um yeah no drew drogi was so dope and um you know like part of exaggeration or fiction is i've never been in that situation um i've never i've never reacted poorly to meeting um, an ex's new boyfriend because it's never happened because this is probably how I would react. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Drew was so great. I uh, I had I seen him around LA like a million times. Like one time I saw him at something and I was wearing uh, a t-shirt with the real Chloe Sevigny on it and I just tapped him on the shoulder and I patted my like shirt and he was like, love it. And then we'd see each other at coffee shops and finally like, it just became this thing where like I just started saying hi and he started saying hi and, and a, a mutual friend formally introduced us and I called him and I was like, hey, here's the thing. Here's this character. Um, I really want it to be you because you've never played this kind of guy before. Um, and he his characters based off someone I dated. Like that was my way of like uh, that. Like that. I know I dated that guy. Can you believe it? Oh cool my Rose. god! How no.
2: did you do that? I get into um, fights with people like that.
3: Oh my god, he was such a tool. And and so I told <laughs> I told Drew about this guy and I, I sent him sort of some some internet ways to find him and find videos of him and everything. And and Drew like instantly started texting me and he was like, I watched the video. I hate this guy. I can't wait to play it. Um, and he was so perfect. He's so perfect at this dude who just like drinks his own Um, (laughs) Kool-Aid and almost almost to the point where you don't know why John Gabriel's character likes him. But, um, but I, you know, someone did say that, that speech uh, in, you know, in the scene, uh, Drew Drogi's all like, Hey, I'm going to say two things to you. And if, if you're on my boyfriend's team, then I'm on your team. And, um, and someone was telling me about saying that to sort of a, toxic friend of his lovers and I was so touched by that that was such a moment of like you may hate this guy but you see that he means something to your partner and you have to like you know buckle you have to you have to meet halfway and I I liked that scene I got that from Cena. I like that my character got that advice from someone he absolutely wants to detest but he's right you know you have to you have to be happy for your you know you have to be happy you have to support you have to learn when it's not your place. Sometimes a girl should just shut the fuck up. Carrie Bradshaw. Oh. Um, <laughs> <There it is. laughs> I'm telling Carrie to shut up. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, I yeah, he did such a good job. And like, it was one of those things where I was like, it, they, he and John show up um, again later in the season. But it was one of those moments where it was like, oh my God, I could spend two hours, you know, of footage just having these three people play caddy with each other. It was so, 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 so much fun. Um, and he's so dope drew Drogi for the win. Um, but yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad you felt something in that scene. Cause I was like trying to vibrate with anger during that bathroom talk.
0: <laughs> it, it, it shows very much that you're uncomfortable and or enraged that, that, that this is the choice that your ex has made. And, uh, and the platitudes and the aphorisms and just the, the ridiculousness coming out of that character's mouth, like that, that your character just sort of doesn't say much, but makes small little, yeah, it, 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 it's believable. I mean, it totally, I think, I think we've all been there in that situation. Oh no,
2: I've, 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 I've had somebody literally talk at me kind of like that. Yeah. And I don't have a very, at that point it's kind of go time. So like, I would just, uh, yeah, no, uh, like I, everything you emoted in that scene. At one point, I just kind of looked. At, I was, I was at work, so I looked in like the rearview mirror, and I was making the exact same face. And I was like, <laughs> "All right, all right, let's let's pause this for a minute and calm down. This isn't. He's not to hear. He's not talking to you right now." now oh my god! Cool.
3: I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, thanks, but I also feel bad that you went through that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it it informs our journey. You know what I mean? Uh, that's also probably sounds like a stupid aphorism but now um <laughs> one of the things we have to talk about because you did yeah. post a trailer oh the uh, the po- the trailer is by now of course they listen though they'll, they'll see the trailer um somebody that both of us know oh boy from the orlando area here that guy may uh, or may not be showing up well okay they're showing up in uh, this hey,
3: no, I've, I've said it on social media we can just yeah the, his boyfriend
2: <laughs> the way i found out about season two is that his boyfriend posted a still shot from the trailer oh yeah, and i'm like what the hell? What are you doing, yeah. Bailey? What are you? Why are you in this web series? I think I
0: saw Cena post the like, still of it, and then something like, you know, new love interest question mark? And I'm like, seriously? So <laughs> Bailey, <laughs> Bailey, okay. So so Bailey's uh, from Orlando. I think he went to UCF at one point. Yeah, and his boyfriend's Hadrian something something. And when we <laughs> met Cena back in New York Comic Con in like I don't remember what year it was, twenty. 15 let's say i remember you asking me oh do you know oh i know these i have these friends and i'm like oh oh who and then you said hadrian i was like oh that bit
2: no (laughs) that's a fair response
0: (laughs) literally came up at brunch the other day it was kind of funny um (laughs) not unrelated to this but just an anecdote um so what and then they of course they're out in that I, are they, I didn't even realize they're, they're in LA, or are they in no, they're in San Diego. San Diego,
4: okay.
3: Yeah, they're in San Diego, um, and I, I, I feel like I know what you're going to ask next. Like why <laughs> why why is Bailey uh, <laughs> doing this thing where seemingly I'm the only non-SAG actor in it? Um, and uh, what ended up happening with that is like I we had someone to play Ash, and he couldn't do it. The scheduling didn't work out. He couldn't leave New York. Um, which sucked for me. And so it ended up, it got real dramatic. Like I started, first I went, you know, you ask your friends who, you know, and then everyone was like, everyone had, uh, like a conflict of schedule or, you know, whatever, or couldn't do both days that we needed the actor. Um, and the whole time I just kept thinking about Bailey, you know, he, so everyone listening, Bailey Godfrey is not an actor. Um, um, and I but I just kept thinking about him. And, and we had gone to a concert a few weeks prior. And I, I was taking all these pictures of him. And he even brought it up later. He's like, yeah, I just thought you were being weird and had a crush on me. And I was like, I thought it was you. but I it was I, it just in the back of my head. I was like, there's something like he just like he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, I don't I don't take good pictures. And I kept taking pictures of him. And he's like, these are all good. And And I just kept feeling like a vibe and, and, uh, Kevin, the director was sending me headshots and, and really like we were talking, um, with people who lived in New York, who lived in LA, who lived in San Francisco, who lived in Portland. Like it was an actual, you know, yeah. And, and the whole time, and, 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 and Kevin was like really nervous and I was just like, I think I've got it. I think I know who it is and I didn't tell him anything. And then just like one day I texted Bailey and I said, do you know how to act? And he goes, no. (laughs) And I said, well, if I sent you like some pages of a script, um, do you think you could just videotape yourself acting? Um, and show me that you can, you know, memorize lines and, and we'll work out the rest. Um, and so he did that and, and, you know, he did a good job and, uh, it was, One of the other major lessons I've learned, and I don't know that anyone has like told me this, it's just something I've had to internalize is like, I need to trust my gut. My gut has always, uh, been right. And I've always doubted it. Um, and my gut, this whole, like the whole time was like, it's Bailey, it's Bailey, it's Bailey, just ask Bailey. Um, but I, you know, you had to do the thing of like, well, but yeah, but I know so-and-so and they have like, you know, this many Twitter followers, like I should ask them and, um, but anyway, yeah. So I yeah, I asked Bailey and um it turned out to work perfectly uh for everything involved. So I was really really happy with that. He he kind of brought something I never expected.
0: I could see him bringing sort of an earnestness and so that kind of may be like and I don't know how this all plays out. I haven't seen the episodes, but like Sort of grounding the series in some like real, tangible, down not down to earth, but you know what I mean? Like he's just he's very meek, but yet like kind and earnest. Like he's got just this sort of presence. I don't know.
2: I don't know what Bailey you're talking about. Oh well, uh, so I, I <laughs> Bailey, I knew anyway. So so I've known Bailey. So I moved to Orlando in um the winter quote unquote winter. It's Florida. Um I moved to Orlando in 2009 October and I met Bailey a couple months before I moved down at like a little regular coffee thing. Um, you should totally ask him about the coffee nights at Starbucks. I'm sure he'll have stories. Um, (laughs) he'll have stories. Um, Sure. (laughs) And, um, and I've known him God, almost 10 years now. um, and it's really interesting watching, because I, I knew him when he started in college. I knew him before he um, started, I don't, I'm just going to say his name. He started dating Hadrian, and I've known him like, I knew him when he graduated, and then he moved out and everything. And we really do miss you, but seriously, don't come back. It's Florida. Florida is terrible, um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening. So it's it's super, it, it it's it's really weird seeing somebody that you knew who was like, a college student, which aren't actually the most, aren't the most beautiful years of your life, right? You know, like in adulthood, and then like they're oh they're on a web series, and I'm just like I'm re- I'm proud of him. I'm really really proud of him. I don't know if I'll ever be as proud of him as as Hadrian is proud of him, but I'm definitely proud of him, and I'm really glad that you kind of connected with him for this part.
3: Yeah, and 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 you know, for anyone listening, like I've been I've been friends with Hadrian for um i think near a decade now so i you know i i i'd seen bailey and again i never like uh thought of him in in the, you know in the capacity like this like oh like bailey has it you know um but he just there was something about him and there's something about this gut thing and and yeah i he just was really um, so charming and so sweet and such a gentle spirit again. Yeah. It's funny cause we all know a different version of him um, and he's grown up a lot and it was just, yeah, he, I think because he's not an actor, he was able to bring something to this character, like this like level of casual intimacy that maybe a, you know, a pro like would not, instinctively want to do. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, he like, he, yeah, no questions asked. Like, you know, we have sort of a, a love making scene, uh, later on. And again, just no questions asked. He, he did everything and, and, and was really, uh, a team player and, um, I, I told you guys before we started that I would share a story about <laughs> him, like, lying to me to, like, calm me down. Um, <laughs> he was just such a calm presence. The He came in town the night before shooting because we had rehearsals, um, and he got in early, and I was like, yeah, yeah, you can come with me. I just need to go pick up a prop. Um, and I was so, 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 like, out of my mind, like, exhausted and busy because, you know, I was having all these, like actors who i like respect and and fear coming into my apartment and then there's bailey and then you know basically it's like the night before we were shooting uh two episodes in one day and it was really I, i'm just an idiot and i always like push myself too hard but uh my car check engine light came on oh. and but it wasn't like the normal like oh hey things up light it was the like this is dire like this shit's unique. going to explode and i was like oh my god oh my god and i had this um I had this gigantic bar table in the back seat. I had all the like, uh, craft food in the trunk and I had <laughs> other, like I had also other props, like I had chairs and everything just like crammed in this tiny little Prius. And then Bailey, who, if people haven't figured it out yet, like is minimum 280 pounds. So all, you know, all of this is in my car. And he was like, he was like, I think it's just because you're driving a Prius and I think it's just <laughs> in it. He's like, I'm sure that once we all get out of the, like, once you unload this from your car and I'm out of your car, it'll go away. Oh, no. I think it's just like, stressed out. And I was like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. And I think, the, <laughs> I think the check engine light was like, uh, I mean, probably very real, but I think it was also a metaphor for my stress because, like, it went away the next day. And I was like, Bailey, you were right. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he's like, oh, I had no idea what I was talking about. Uh, he's like, <laughs>
2: So, yeah, no, no, like in my, as you're telling that story, I'm like, oh my God, you didn't see that lie?
3: No, no, <laughs> oh my God. And that's the thing is, he like looks and the way that man looks at me. Yes. I believe everything he says. No. I'm like, yeah. <laughs>
0: He has you a mean? very, like, honest, like, yeah, no, I know the look you're talking about. <laughs> I do,
2: and I'm like, that's his lie look. Like, oh, I I know it so well, because he's done it to Hadrian so many times, and I'm like, no. why <laughs> are you trolling your boyfriend? Stop it.
3: I mean, you know. <laughs> good good life uh-huh. skill.
2: Oh, man, yeah, no, that's, that's like... Oh, gosh. I
0: love, I love that. That's really, really good. So you work with some amazing people on this project, and I'm so excited to see the rest of the season. Um, so this is being released on the Internet. You got great uh, attention, I think, with the last one. Are you envisioning this as sort of a thing you'll just keep revisiting to kind of keep growing, or is this sort of just a, you know, oh, well, let's try another one maybe when there's some, like, an idea. Like, like how, did the, how did it go from season one to a season two?
3: Yeah. Um, well, to answer sort of the first part of that, um, season two, I'm going to ruin it for you guys because, again, you know, people... Well, no, I won't ruin it, but it, it, it ends on a cliffhanger. Ooh. Um, uh. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, you, you guys know what sort of the, season, the season-long issues are. Like, uh, my character really Fs up this pitch. Um, he's kind of told that he gets a second chance, but he has to come correct. In the second episode, uh, Cena and Amber go to a comic convention, and uh, I run into this uh, real-life big deal sort of blogger guy named Ryan O'Connell, who's a friend of mine, and and uh, he was really nice enough to like let us turn our friendship into this like frenemy ship. Um, and he pitches a book to me that is exactly what I don't want to do in season one. Uh, it, it is literally like you know what is it meta superhero sexcapades on ice. Um, <laughs> he, he pitches it. He's like, he's like, Oh my God, I have this book. We announced it. That's why I'm at this con. We don't have an artist. Here's the cover. It's called skating by, but by is spelled B I. Um, <laughs> oh. and so, so for the rest of the season, I'm like, okay, do I like come correct for this pitch or do I just like shut down and, and do another work for hire project? Um, and, and so, yeah, you find out what I do, but you also find out that, even whatever decision I I do or don't make still has, you know, some hurdles that I haven't considered. Um, so, but the way, yeah. So I would love to at least do one more season. I think, uh, Western, you know, storytelling is super into
4: the trilogies
3: and trilogies mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, sort of always three pronged kind of things or whatever, but, uh, I don't think that was the right, what I meant to say, but anyway, um, yeah, it came about actually because somebody offered to finance it. And I was like, oh, okay. Wow. That's and awesome. well, you know, we had got, I don't, it, it's a, it's a very funny thing. Cause had gotten literally to the point where we were going to sign contracts and, and basically at the last minute, uh, the guy had to reveal that he had run out of money and wasn't going to be able to, uh, honor all of the obligations that would come with with his end of the deal and uh and and it was unfortunately like a couple weeks before shooting and so the script was already done the actors were already sort of signed up and and had set aside their schedules we had the crew locations and i basically just kind of had to make the call of like okay do i figure this out on my own and figure out how to finance this thing or Um, do I just shut it all down? And yeah, if anyone's been keeping an eye on me on social media, that's why I've been like spring cleaning original artwork to the Dickens, (laughs) (laughs) put it all on credit cards. I was like, all right, let's do it. And, and a lot of people, you know, lent me, um, some money or gave me some money and, and, you know, a lot of people also took their rates down to help me out. And I mean, you know, it's still super expensive to kind of keep the quality up to season one. But I didn't, that's the thing is I didn't want to do it the way I had done season one because that was just like, hey, I have all these friends. I've lived in the city my whole life. Everyone here just happens to be in the business of show. Let me cash it all out for this book that I believe in. Um, and And so when I did season two, it was under the sort of pretense of well, now that I have money, let me like compensate everyone for the work that they did and and let's do this again, but do it more professionally. And so if I did a season three, it would be like, well, it's with someone else's money, <laughs> like real Z's, like I'll make sure that the contract is signed before I start asking everyone if they're free. Um, so I would certainly love to.
4: Planning
0: for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.
3: Because it, it's a lot of fun, and I I got to do what I wanted with the second season in terms of giving you know Amber and Adam more of a fleshed out story, and then we get to bring in you know Bailey as this like love interest, and and he's so cool, and I want to I want to utilize him further, and you know I want to do more, but it's always a matter like these things are always dictated by money and interest, and uh, so I'm gonna be working myself silly trying to get people pumped about it so we can do a third one.
4: Yeah. Nice.
0: Well, we'll definitely uh put out the word cuz I mean, I think I think people who like like BJ was saying, he didn't know your work really and then he watched that series and like learned a lot.
2: I I'm mean, a fan. Yeah. Yay. One well, again slash /potential stalker. Oh jeez.
3: Tight. I mean, tight. <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. I've never had a stalker. I oh. have had one I have had someone where I'm like, "Oh, you're a little weird." <laughs>
2: um, oh boy.
3: Who I dated, but that—that's just about it. Um, I
2: like my chances. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Don't, don't wish this upon yourself. <laughs> Call me the queer weirdo, the queerdo Oh Lord. Um. So now, not
0: only do you have self-obsessed season two coming out, but you also have um another very, very personal sort of autobiographical look at your life called Nothing Lasts Forever, and I. I was sort of following stuff going on with your health issues and and whatnot, and 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 I know you were talking about this, and you you were posting some things from it, and like, I mean, all of your stuff is very honest and and very you know revealing, but I mean, I'm getting the idea that this is kind of really you wrestling with some serious um, uh, existential issues and and life um, moments. So I'm really excited to read it. Um, What can you say about uh, this new work in your uh, your sort of uh, your ongoing life story? What 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 would you how would you describe this uh, to to people who may may be curious about it?
3: Uh, I would describe it as very sad, (laughs) (laughs) Uh Um, and I would all I you know it. I don't. I'm still kind of coming up with my elevator pitch just because. I don't. I still kind. I kind of don't see it for whatever it's going to be for you all yet. You know, for readers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it's a super like personal book about um, kind of. And I don't know. I, I'm very curious to see like how how this is going to be for for heterosexual readers or, or or whatnot. But you know, you're talking to a guy who who has not really. Wanted anything bigger from life besides like being in love and 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 having this sort of comic thing work out for him. Um, and and it, it's sort of grappling with like kind of the I don't know. Here, here's what it is in a sentence. It's like it, it's literally just me saying goodbye to my twenties. It's like it, it, you know, it's coming to terms with like mortality, and it's coming to terms with the fact that you're also stuck in your own skin for the rest of your life too. Um, and yeah, I, I'm having so much trouble explaining it right now because I'm trying to do the best job, and instead I'm sounding like a moron. But um, it does cover it does cover the same themes as Self Obsessed Season Two. Like uh, I show sort of the real life version of what me pitching and botching the pitch looks like. Like I I kind of show you what the, Eric Stevenson like, and, and um, yeah. And then you know, on top of all that, I got really really sick. Uh, Sorry, here's some some stuff going on in the background. Sorry, there.
0: You guys... those are the uh, the 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 bulldog family
2: having a little tussle. We we can hear you just fine. They're just being noisy. There's no dogs. we me and Brian. We're just wrestling around. Oh, that's talking. right. fine.
0: theater of the mind. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: sweet. I'm super into that.
2: <laughs>
3: um, but uh, you know, at any rate, yeah. So it's um, I didn't want to do it. I didn't think I was gonna do another auto bio thing. And then as I was settling into it, it became like, it sort of actually became necessary. And then um, some stuff happened in my real life that I don't want to, well, maybe I'll dish. I don't know. You'll see. You'll see if I if I dish by the end of the sentence. But like some stuff happened that made what was sort of like supposed to be the self-contained graphic novel. It turned everything I've talked about between Not My Bag and Self-Obsessed, it turned everything into like a trilogy. It wrapped all these thematic um, sort of like threads that I'd I'd started you know in in that first book not my bag and it was really crazy to start having like things were happening basically um like a, a key ghost in my past sort of popped up in this very weird way and and then my takeaway from it really sort of cemented sort of answered a lot of questions I've been asking since I was like 24 23 um, and that was so crazy to me. Like I was telling a friend of mine from high school about all of this and she's like, are you kidding me? And I was like, no, that actually happened. And she's like, Oh my God, you must be like so happy from the standpoint of making this book. And I was like, you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> like, like life gave me an ending. Woo. <laughs> um, but the, yeah. And that's the thing is I, 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 I as a human being have found sort of a happy ending out of the stuff that goes on in that book. But I made sort of a very clear decision to not give it a happy ending, which was a really big exercise for me. Um, and, yeah, because it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I I sound so shitty or I sound like the dumb kind of existential where it's like, you know, I don't know. I just, you hit this point where you're like, oh, like I don't want kids. I I don't quite believe in religion the way, you know, others do or I, I my issues with it outweigh my appreciation for it and it, it's like what's the point of living then you know if you don't I don't know because you know I'm very happy like not my bag was really the only book I ever needed to make and everything since has been super bonus so um it's just hard it's hard I don't know I sound so bratty no, just no, delete. leave no, no. no. seeing
0: it seeing it listen okay I just turned 40 what you're talking about And when I read this, I'm sure it's going to it's going to resonate tremendous, like not to borrow a phrase from our illustrious commander in chief, but tremendously like (laughs) that existential thing as a gay man. You know, when you're like, I don't know if I'm going to have kids and really I only have X amount of years left on this planet. And that's really freaking me out. Like that whole process that you go through, whatever age you go through it. And I think you go through it many times in your
2: life. It's 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 a it's, it affects you to your core. Oh God, I have more. I thought I I was just finished with one. Don't don't tell me there's more. <laughs> like no
0: no you like because I've had this happen you know before. Like it it it's just and and what I love with someone like you know Cena and and other people who who are artists and artistic and have this self expression thing worked out, which I so totally don't like you guys. <laughs> you channel it this creative energy into this this beautiful work that then resonates with everybody else and just it just lets us kind of go okay i'm not the only one who's been there and and it, even if it's a different journey and it's different details that commonality it just it just it's comforting it's really comforting and so i totally know where you're coming from at least in certain respects and uh i'm i'm very excited about this because like you said it sort of allows you to wrap up this sort of part of your your work and transition to other things, of course, that you're going to be doing. But um, I, like I said, I I follow all the health stuff and I mean, gosh, it was, you were really brutally honest about that on social media. And it was just like, (laughs) Oh my God, Oh my God. I think I even messaged you at one point, like, Oh my God, I hope you're doing okay. Because (laughs) the stuff you're talking about is really scary. Like I can't, I can't, I've been blessed to have pretty good health. and I've never had anything like mysterious and really like scary like that. And it just, again, it sort of reminds you of your frail mortality and just what am I doing? Like, what are, what are my priorities in this, in this time I have left? What can I actually do with what I'm facing? So, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that people will really get a chance to discover this. And then, like I said, I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people.
3: I hope so too. I mean, and I, and and I said it, 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 (laughs) it said in the press release, but like it's a, a line in the press release was like, this wasn't necessarily like a book that I like thought I wanted to make. But when I would show some people in the industry who I like trust and, and, and and that's kind of like, I don't trust myself. Like, so when someone else says something nice about me, I'm like, okay, cool. Then yeah, keep going. But you know, (laughs) people were like, yeah, make it, make this book. And it's all in pencil with a very limited color palette. Like, I think I only use pink, blue, green, Purple and gray; um, those are the only colors I use in the book, um, and 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 for you know to different meanings and extents. But uh, it, I, I was like nervous about the artwork because again, you guys, you know, you Brian, you met me through Burn of the Orphanage, and so your expectation of my of what I can draw is like, well, Cena should be able to like draw like dudes fighting alien creatures <laughs> on you know <laughs> desert planets with babes holding crazy you know <laughs> weapons doing magic and and here's this very very grounded sad book about just a boy like losing a bunch of weight and losing his will to live and um and it, you know i was just so nervous that it, the pages wouldn't even resonate with anyone and i just had to kind of look at a uh, this guy Anders Nielsen who made a bunch of books and he's really capable of of doing magical lush illustrations but then he's done books that have been entirely stick figures and it's it's because it serves the story and i just had to remind myself like okay it's for the story and people are saying the story is worth it and um even to to sort of what we were just talking about like the fact that sort of like you go through these things and you kind of go through them again that was a big scary um thing for me to even realize like i uh there's a whole sort of 10 page cha- There's a whole chapter just kind of about me coming to grips with like, like, Oh, the depressions come back. Like, you know, even if you're mentally well enough to not be on any depressants, that doesn't change that. You'll just get like overwhelmed with this like grief and sadness that paralyzes you. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it, and it hit me cause I was a, uh, it was after a New York comic con and I was on a train and I was crying for no re- I was crying on my way to a lunch meeting with an editor at Marvel Comics, and I was just, what are you like? What's going on? Like, this is you know, you're like, even if he wasn't, the lunch wasn't to plan, you know, anything. It was still a huge leap in a professional networking way, and I was just like sobbing on the train. And then what scared me even more was, I I, I like got hit with this this feeling, and I was like, oh fuck, like this happened to me last year. Like I was in New York, and I just like was overwhelmed with this, like, unexplainable sadness. And there I was, like, crying in public for no reason. Um, and when I started talking to people about that, they are like, yeah, me too. And I was like, what do you mean you too? Like, why is no one talking about how, like, depressed we all are? And um, so, you know, I just decided, okay, like, might as well end on a very honest note and kind of put it all out there. And hopefully, you know, someone we'll be reading it and be like okay cool me too it's okay um and then on top of that there's a you know a story worth reading on top of it but we'll see <laughs> well, no. or you'll see
0: <laughs> i mean i'm I, yeah you you're you're so you, you I, I understand where you're coming from you're you're not sure you're you're putting this out there and you're not sure i it's going to receive but one thing i would i would point like our listeners to if they're not familiar with your existing stuff which so I, i'm sure some people who are listening have never read any of your stuff even burn the orphanage like you had uh, Jeff Lemire do an introduction for Self-Obsessed. And I can't think of another artist, comic creator, cartoonist, who is as close to your sort of approach. Like, and, and he's gone on to do all kinds of crazy stuff, obviously most recently with the X-Men and, and whatnot at Marvel. And, um, but I mean, that, that very threadbare, stripped down, this is just me telling you a story, whether it's autobiographical or not, Without much pretense, without much, you know, like I, I, I love that he gave you that introduction, and I, it's been a while since I read it, so I don't remember all the things he said. But like, again, it's just if if you're not familiar with your work, I think if they if they're familiar with Jeff Lemire's stuff, um, you know, uh, the Essex County stuff or some of the more recent stuff like Royal City, like I think that gives yeah. them a good sort of framework for what your your work is like. So I mean, that's. Um, yeah, to set the stage, if anyone like I said is is sort of new to your stuff, but uh, um.
3: yeah, and that was really his his introduction. Like, I was so so grateful for that because it you know I think you even hinted at it. Like, self obsessed is not necessarily the easiest uh, reading journey for comic book fans, um, and and his sort of stamp of approval and his way of being like. He just sort of I think offered a really nice way for for people to decide how to like read the book. Um and that I just owe him like a massive debt of gratitude. And I also owe him a debt for existing. Like he's sort of I've been looking to him to figure out like okay, how do I do this sort of career stuff I want. You know, I love mainstream comics. I've never I've never like had beef with them in the sense of like, you know, yeah, they they serve a really lovely purpose in that they tell awesome, you know, action comic-y stories, you know, on a large and epic level. Um, you know, and I, I like and as uh as is happening right now with um being able to write Iceman like yeah, I kind of was like how do I do both? Like how do I how do how do I get editors to look at me as the guy who can tell these like sad sad personal stories or these small stories but then also give you like a summer blockbuster. Cause I, I grew up on, you know, Batman, Spider-Man and X-Men. So I love those stories and I, I want to tell them, you know, if given the opportunity, but I also don't want to, I don't know. Yeah. So he, but I, yeah, I looked at him and I tried, I, I was just like, how did Jeff do it? And I asked him and he was just like, I just took on every opportunity that came my way. And like, that's all you can do is like, just, like say yes and, yeah. and and do a good job and show up and and, and uh yeah that in that in that little moment too, he he gets a cameo in Nothing Lasts Forever as well. In the like me being like, Jeff, what do I do? And him being like, Here's what you could do. <laughs> you I, know, here, here's a start.
0: I love that because like you said, he he has a similar arc and you know, Iceman as a character that is kind of, his star is rising. I mean, let's be honest. Iceman has not had very many of his own series over the years. In fact, I think it's maybe been what twice he's had some kind of a mini series, nothing ongoing. And that you're going to be able to tell Iceman's story for Marvel as a gay man, writing a gay character in a very prominent X-Men, I mean being a very prominent family of the Marvel characters, it's it's uh I'm sure it's nothing but intimidating, but also exciting. again, like you said, you have a you have a background, you love Marvel, you love the X-Men. And now I know that um this is not coming out for a little while, and so I intend to have you back once it's out because I want to dig into what you're able to accomplish with this. Um but uh, I i mean, just, you know, seeing you and having known you for a while and seeing you get to this opportunity is I'm I was just I mean, you know, I was beaming when I found this out that you were going to get to do it. And then reading your story in the uh, annual, I believe it was right.
3: Oh, yeah. I did a uh, all new X-Men annual. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean,
4: uh-huh.
0: that was, I'm sure, a like a small taste of the the type of approach you're going to bring to the character, um, so like you know that's out now. If anyone you know is is just just jonesing for Cena Grace's take on Iceman, although that's <laughs> that's his that's that's the younger Iceman, I believe, correct?
3: Yeah, yeah, I get. I did get a couple pages to write uh, young Bobby, and 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 yeah, I, I really hope you know it, you'll we'll talk about it more soon and later when there's sort of more to dish on yep. uh, for public consumption, but definitely. Um, but i think yeah thematically you can you can definitely look to sort of what i tried in that 20 page annual or in my 20 pages of that annual like i mean you know the, i i'll always kind of yeah you'll you'll sort of see the kinds of stories i want to tell um i like i love the x men i love you know and i love those those metaphors that they all stand for um and so, and i and I also like to think of myself as kind of funny um, <laughs> so, but so I would hope that you know all the kind of cute jokes and that x men annual and and the action and the personal stakes that that that'll all uh sort of translate very well to what you'll be seeing late spring
0: <laughs> i really i guess I really enjoyed that annual, and um I believe I think uh also and, and I may mix the two up, but I remember the secret wars um, oh God, it was that like sort of fake uh love that those 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 romance comics like that take in the secret wars oh the Uh, secret
3: wars battle journal or something right yeah that's what it was yeah yeah
0: yeah, that's right they did two of those like one-off things and yeah you had a story in there too and again like again it was just like thrilling and awesome awesome to see your your own unique voice coming out of these mainstream sort of like you know shooting for the fences you know event book um Um so I'm I'm excited. And like I said, we're going to have you back on so we're not going to not going to d- dig into anything that Marvel uh you know might be worried about. But that is coming out. <laughs> I think you said like like late spring is sort of the maybe la- launch pad somewhere in there.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, I think by the time this is out people can can use the internet to figure out it's release. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> um That's awesome. I'm
0: so excited. Like I mean cuz you know, I I I think we may have talked about this before, but I don't know. I'm a big X-Men fan. My partner Pat is also a big X-Men fan. Like we're we're mutual. I mean, our new dog is named Madeline um, after Madeline Pryor, and our first dog wow. is named Havoc uh, again after Alex Summers. Like X Men play a big role now. Bobby is one of those characters I've never. I've always liked. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I I've don't always loved Bobby. Dislike Bobby at all? I mean, even back to like when he was with, hanging out with Spider Man and Firestarter. And back his, amazing when, yeah, his amazing friends. His amazing friends. Like even back then, like yeah, you know, Bobby was pretty awesome. But um, I've always felt like he kind of got overlooked. So when Ben yeah. just decided I think like you know what let's let's do this. I was cool. I was like, you know what? Great. I have no problem with that. It's complicated. It's got, you know, different issues and things that come up, but why not? It's comics. Comics do that. Like they have multifaceted characters that, that morph and change and, and and reveal new facets
2: to their lives. So and for the longest time, I was just obsessed with Bobby because of his power set. I was like, wait, he makes ice? Okay. <laughs> like the, he must be so popular at bars the cool puns alone <laughs> the ice puns alone were enough to make me love the character but i was like but then as as i kind of went through my whole x-men obsession growing up i was like oh okay so he oh he told cyclops to stuff it i like him he's good I like oh i mean <laughs> he's got okay. that cred like yeah the the older bobby has got that og x-men cred
0: <laughs> like he's no, yeah, he's of, of a rare set of people who could tell the older Scott, uh, to stuff it, you know, like or or whatever. So, um, all right, so I got to end on one of these random crazy things that you did because I, <laughs> I, I think this. I don't remember what show you did it for, so you have to tell me. But the nine weirdest d- uh, dicks you've sucked.
3: Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yes. yeah. So. I, that- <laughs> I guess the man is coming up.
0: <laughs> a, a year ago.
3: I yeah, last Emerald yeah. City just was sort of. I don't even know how I came up with it. I just. I guess I'd been telling enough people about all these weird dicks I sucked that <laughs> I drew. I drew one of my ex's wieners for someone, and they were like, "Are you like? Can you draw them all?" Like, and I was like, "Yeah." And then. That's how it happened. Your memory
4: <laughs>
0: is remarkable because, I mean, and so, so now I don't is that, know, is this still available as a PDF on your, uh, yeah. Just, okay. Cool. Yeah. Does that still, count as muscle memory? Jesus. Yeah. Ah,
3: waka waka. <laughs> uh-huh. So this,
0: this was, this was one of those things I didn't even know what to expect to be quite honest. I was like, okay, you did this. I mean, I didn't get to Emerald City. I've never been to Emerald City. One of these years, maybe flame on, will make an appearance out there on the West coast, but let's do it. Um, like, when I saw that you were doing this, I've, I was just, I was delighted. I was like, this is going to be ridiculous and hilarious. And, like, it did not let me down. <laughs> From the formalism of the, of the uh, what is that, the decorative vining around each uh, member. To, to the <laughs> to each, garnish. The, the garnish, you could say that. I mean, garnish. Yeah. Uh, to the, uh, dare I say, PowerPoint-esque bullets of each description. (laughs) Like, I could present this to a class. It's thorough. It's It's hilarious. Like, I hope you at some point do a TED Talk with this. Oh my god. (laughs) Because I could see it as your slide deck in like a Prezi or something.
3: (laughs) I would so be down. I, um... Yeah, no, it was just a... You know what's crazy about that book that makes me love it so much is, um... It really has almost every demographic on lockdown. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, with the exception of lesbians, like, oh. um, gay men obviously are interested. Uh, straight men love picking it up because they want to see if their dick is weird.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh they yeah. Look,
3: they can't ask cause they're, you know, they don't want to come off as gay um and then straight (laughs) women also too they're like yes like finally i have someone to talk about this with and it's just (laughs) like they're like i don't want to see that like i made you know (laughs) like i was born this way i have no desire to look at dicks um (laughs) so but yeah it 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 was surprisingly successful and uh made me it made me money like i think (laughs) my profit covered like a month's rent it was so nuts
0: that is amazing
3: Yeah, but I kept it, you know, but it it is what it is. Like I didn't reprint it and I didn't sort of, uh, try to run with it for too, too long. Um, but it does still exist as a digital zine, um, on my website along with, uh, sort of something else that I've been mildly promoting. And honestly, uh, because of some, some political stuff, it's making me promote it even more, but I put out another digital zine called Persian version, um, and that's just all about like Persian people. Cause I'm half Persian and, and, and stuff about us beyond our, uh, religious makeup, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. it just sort of became more and more important to me to, to kind of talk about that stuff. And then what's crazy is like, uh, I've, I'm now all like angry politic man because PayPal, uh, suspends and reviews every single transaction related to Persian version simply because the word Persian is in the title. Huh. And for government compliance reasons, I was like, what? And at first I was like, oh, okay, I guess I get it. And then I got really angry. I was like, wait, no, I don't get it. Like, no. why? Like, the Persian is a cultural term. It, it, you know, we are, uh, Iran is now Iran. It's not Persia. It right. is the you know Islamic Republic of Iran right? Did I say that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and so I was like, what the, like, what the literal fuck? And then I even had to like defend it. They, they were like, Hey, we noticed some fishy activity. Like, what is this? Send us a detailed description and an example of the product. And I did. And they're like, okay, all good, all clear. And still, as of this morning, um, you know, PayPal still reviews, every single one. And I talked to someone at PayPal about it and they were like, Oh, it's because of the word Persian. And I was like, well, do you see how ridiculous that is? And they were like, we're sorry, sir. It's due to like this, this or that regulation. I was like, whatever. Okay. Like, I don't want you specifically to go fuck yourself, but like, can you, yeah. Whoever's listening to this phone call know that they need to go fuck themselves. Um,
0: I'm just covering their ass. I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, and I've heard, I've been hearing more and more stories and I, I think this predates the Trump administration, but people who have every right to visit this country, I mean, there are no issues, are being asked to turn over their social media passwords and account stuff, and uh, you keep hearing yep. anecdotes about, oh, I see here on your Growler profile that you, you're looking at taking loads. You know, what does that mean? Is that a, are you trying to do such and such? Like, like, they're reading into this shit, and you just sit there and you go, okay, whatever the policy is, these people are idiots because they really don't know it, what they're doing. Yeah. And they're just, like, covering their ass. Like, any little thing that seems to, you know, trip trip a, a tripwire or something, they're going to look into to show that they're doing their job. And it's like, what? Oh, I'm sorry to hear yeah. that. I, I have not read Persian version yet, and that is entirely my fault because I've meant no, to. No, uh... no.
3: Also, my fault. I haven't sent you no, copies. No, no, no.
0: But, I mean, I I bought the. <laughs> I bought the weirdest dicks, and I think I got a couple other things. I got a I got a delightful sketch. You were you were going through that like get rid of uh, stuff, get rid of original art, and uh, I got a delightful sketch of a bear. It was it was really nice, and then my bear pins, which I was very proud of, like I talked about. And uh, are you finally now sold out of the Joanne pins? Joanne is it Joanne? Joanne, right? Jo- yeah, yeah.
3: I made a little Lady Gaga like uh, fan pin, um, and I did sell out. Yeah, okay. Um, I need to take down the product listing. I have like. I have a handful left because there have been some reports of damages um, in the mail because my first batch, like, I was – the fucking factory took forever to get to me. So I was like, got to ship these out. And they kind of went out a little not, like, packed well. And mm-hmm. so so I have a few, but, you know, I, I need them for that. And I don't know if it's been announced, and I'm okay to tell you guys, but I'm doing RuPaul's Drag Con, So, like, I hey. am holding – yeah. It's my first time. I get a table there. Oh,
0: my God. I'm what? so excited for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Strawberry
3: I'm, jelly. I am. Oh, yeah, please. I, I like to say peanut butter and jelly, but I like strawberry jelly, too. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah. And so I, if, if if I don't have any more reports of damages, like I'm going to put them, I'm going to take them with me to, to drag con because, oh. you know.
2: Oh, my God. You're going to get swarmed.
3: I hope I don't know. I mean, you know, whatever. I'm just excited. I That's I so started cool. watching Drag Race uh, on All Star season two like religiously, and now oh. I can't. Now I'm like, That's I'm like, wait. So I...
0: Funny. So you got into it recently?
3: I like I peripherally watched, and I knew, you know, I knew a couple of the the, the, the key players and the overall scheme of it. But like, no, I've never been a week to week watcher. Um, and then I dated someone who was like, "I'm watching the show. Do you want to watch?" And then. I was like, "Oh, and then I like really, I mean, shit. All-Star Season 2 was like a Warren Ellis comic. Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Like like Transmetropolitan? <laughs> Are we talking Like the Authority? Like the authority? it was yeah. okay. Yeah. And
3: turns were so insane. Yes. I was like wait what just happened and mind you you know i was like in the midst of my sickness so i was stoned out of my mind <laughs> but still it doesn't matter i talked to people who are you know stone sober and they were like no that that season was ridiculous Can like you that-
0: imagine <laughs> warren ellis writing a drag themed comic story like like there are elements of his stuff i could t- like anna mercury did you read anna mercury he did uh, we, no, what, what What is yeah, that from? I, I that forgot one. what publisher. It's Avatar. It was from Avatar, and I forgot the artist now.
3: Oh, that's why. I but heard. it's
0: supposedly loosely based on a friend of ours here in Orlando, um, <laughs> one of the co owners of Gods and Monsters, and oh. uh, whose name is Anna. And like, it's basically sort of cause So, so I don't know how much you know of what we do here. We have a, a sort of a side part of our show called Drag's New Spandex. And uh-huh. we interview drag queens, not just RuPaul queens, because you know drag has existed for you know many years, and it thousands predates, of years, yeah, thousands of years. It predates RuPaul; Ru- it Ru- will live on past RuPaul. But we um we always take the the tack that you know drag is basically sort of being a superhero. I mean, you're putting on a persona that is somewhat concealing of your your own personal identity. It empowers you; it gives you this ability to go out into the world and do do whatever do good or whatever you're doing and so like the idea of oh my gosh that's what drag queens are they're superheroes or they're super villains if you want and
2: uh, there's both. a little bit of that, a little bit of both right a and couple th- anti-heroes in there yeah that's true um
3: oh yeah, definitely i mean well and that's the thing is like because it's so much about drama and story and yeah oh, well you know look <laughs> it's, i mean
0: it's- and that's the that that is some of the criticism of of rupaul is that it's it's reality showified. This this art, this this subversive, and, and it's mainstream. This very subversive sort of underground performance, you know, uh, genre. So I mean, it's fascinating. And you know, RuPaul is at the epicenter, and DragCon is is great. And we're we're very happy that we have many of our own, you know, friends like you know Ginger here uh, is from Orlando, and so we've had her on the show many times, and she's going out oh, there. Sure. And um, Sonique yeah. from the second season. When you go back. And you you dig back into the archives and you watch the second season. Her journey is fascinating. And she's going to be at DragCon this year. And, like, like, there's all these really cool people that we know um, through this thing we do. Um, and that's great. I'm so excited you're going to be there. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to have a great time. Um, if you can jump on any panel, you get asked to do ju- any of them, all of them, do, do them. Because, like, they're, they're – everything I've heard – and one of these years we're going to get out there too cuz we just it's it's our people like you know um y- you got to do it
3: oh i'm excited it it when 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 i got asked i was like uh yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> <point>. <laughs>
4: yes.
3: yeah exactly like yeah. Exactly. um so i'm definitely yeah it, i'm i'm very 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 uh excited i've never gone um and it's also going to be like yeah, it just should be a great, fun experience. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, I'll, uh, I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, no, no. That's really good to know.
0: And so when when DragCon comes up, we'll have like a little – so w- several times one of our uh, – we have a roving correspondent that does go there and takes pictures and tries to get little brief interviews and all that stuff. So hopefully this year. We'll send them if, if they go or if we can recruit somebody else, maybe even recruit you like, hey, yes. you know, talk to so and so or take a picture or do whatever. Because, I mean, it's it's a it's a great show and people who don't get to go like still love following it. I mean, you go on Tumblr, you go on uh, the faces book and Twitter and there's just so much great stuff coming out of DragCon. I mean, I'm thrilled that the world of conventions can expand to more than just us you know nerds, comic comic book nerds (laughs) and video game nerds because there's there's all kinds of uh fan fandom and and drag is you know built its own so uh that's so cool i'm so excited and uh, i'm sure i'm sure you're gonna do great there and i'm i have no doubt
3: yeah i'm i'm pumped i'm like it yeah everything this year has been really uh good to me and i'm just sort of like okay like i'm here i'm 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 having fun let's uh Let's make this, you know, like, let's keep making this rule. Um, so, yeah, I'm thrilled that they asked me. And uh, I should be, yeah, you'll you'll hear more about what kind of other conventions I'll be at. I'll be at that Queer Comic Fest, too, in San Francisco in April. Oh, oh awesome. Oh,
0: nice. I, I don't know, know who's doing that. Um, I, did, I did read about that that was happening, but I don't know who the people are doing it.
3: Um, um justin paul cca i think has a big uh you know is lending a big presence to to kind of keep it going and okay. northwest press it, it should be really cool i mean they have um mariko tamaki and you know obviously ed loose is going to be there and oh, i'm just ed. so i'm just so excited to spend time with him right? like him and justin alone i'm like i get to see you guys and like make money okay <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> oh that's so true and then yeah it's it's one of those things that, you know, we have FlameCon out here in New York and we have a couple other smaller shows, but like the West Coast has always had some really great um, shows. Uh, gosh, what was the, the con- they had like a, a queer comic uh, show for years. Oh. They folded though, I think. Did they? Yeah. yeah.
4: They- yeah.
3: Uh, Didn't you I guys go
0: re- last
4: year?
3: No. Oh. I went to it one year. I can't remember what it was called. That was a good show. The, uh, oh, gosh, what is the name of it? BenCon. 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 I think the name was a little confusing for people. I don't know. It was, I liked the show. Um, I didn't do very well cause I didn't have like merch, merch at the time. And, and, and people who were making money there had like, you know, prints of, you know, sexy naked angels. Of course. Uh, <laughs> right. And, and here I am with like, this is my book, not my bag. Mm-hmm. This is my other book, little depressed boy. Like, <laughs> hi guys, like no nudity, <laughs> you know? Oh. Um, and so, yeah, that show kind of was trying to figure itself out, and I think um, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I don't really quite know. I think it just wasn't making enough money for the people to do more. No, but. they
0: were they were struggling. They decided to take a year off, and then I think that just sort of became permanent. I mean, and some great people were involved in the show. I think the um, the uh, Gamer X guys are doing an interesting sort of more gamer centric show, but yeah, like, I feel like they're building sort of a successor to that spirit and they're starting to expand out into like drag and comics and uh, doing some other things. So well, maybe I,
2: I think Trixie Mattel went there too. Yep. It's like one of their, one of their um, VIPs. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of t- picking up that,
0: um, that opportunity, but um, so that's great. I mean, yeah, I mean, so we'll obviously, you know, when you, when you formally announce that and put that up all over the social medias, we'll, we'll get that out there and any of our fans listening who are on the West coast, you should definitely go to Dragcon con and let us know and get a picture with Cena. Cause you know, again, he's fabulous and, um, I really appreciate you sitting down to talk to us. I'm so happy that this is in this year of uh, existential dread from the rest of us, uh, right. suffering through this new, uh, sort of reign of terror. I'm thrilled for any of my friends <laughs> and, and associates who have really exciting life, uh, things
3: happening. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> <going>. <laughs> it's been, yeah. <laughs> like whenever people would ask me like, Hey, how are you doing? I'd be like, well, I'm okay. <laughs> like, the I, I don't know. How,
0: burning down around me. But yeah. I'm okay.
3: Yeah. Like, like, like I'm doing really well, but, uh, but it's also like, I deserve it too. Cause I had a shitty, you know, my 2016 sucked balls, but, uh, and not in the good way, not in the nine <laughs> weirdest balls I've sucked. Uh, <laughs> oh my
0: God. Is that a sequel? Follow up. That seriously. Follow
2: up to- now.
3: <laughs> no. Cause there's like balls. Aren't that weird, you know, Are you like me? they're what? weird. Are it's you like,
2: Come on! I have a weird ball.
3: It, I didn't, yeah, okay. I don't know. It's kind of like Trump. It's hard to satirize <laughs> because it's inherently weird. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's already true. a joke.
0: That's very, that's very, that's very South Parky of you because
2: skin <laughs> chandeliers. Oh, <Jesus>. oh BJ! <laughs>
0: what? I have such a gift for words. All right, <laughs> so um, Cenagrace dot com s i n a g r a c e, just like you'd expect. Um, has all of your stuff. Um and yeah, find well, me presences all over social media um that people can follow, and I believe that's all up on that website as well.
3: Yeah, yeah, and, and the nice thing is uh having a name like this has allowed me to keep pretty much at Cena Grace on everything. Um so you know, you can really find me. I I'm you know, I just give a shit about Instagram and Twitter, but I'm on the other stuff too. Right. Uh,
2: <laughs> on my on MySpace. Jeez.
3: yeah yeah well, yeah Gambler. i'm probably still on <laughs> space if you want to find like my college <laughs> profile are you
0: are you on growler
3: yeah uh yeah i shouldn't I mean, say that well oh. no, what's your name i
0: don't even mean like growler Sina. like you're on the ground like you know, you're doing that but i i actually it's funny because i mean i don't think we've ever been i mean I've, I've seen you in person but like i've never been in the same space and thought oh i wonder if he's on growler so oh that's, man that's,
3: yeah i don't I don't know if I'm gonna have it. I don't know if I'm gonna keep it on through con season. Um because I but it's funny, I've never I've I have never i i do not think I've uh done a con like as an active growler user. To you, be, haven't? you know what? no, I don't oh, think. Oh you've so. gotta do that. Hadrian was the one who told me actually to really full circle all this, Hadrian was the one who told me, I think, about either Growler or Scruff. We were at San Diego Comic Con. And he was like, Yeah, look, here, like, look, there's a guy. He's like this many feet away from me. Oh, oh he's nice. cute. Hold on. Let me go find him. Lord,
2: <laughs> that man, I swear.
3: He like sealed the deal. Like, I oh was like, gosh. God damn it. He's, I hate he, is, he, is,
2: he is like a dick wizard. I don't understand. Like, <sighs> dick romance? I'm trying to dick call dick it. A romancy, word. Wow. dick romancy. Dick romance? Nice. So, no. Well, no I,
3: I, I know how. I can explain how. It's because he looks like a big white man and no one. <laughs> And people are too scared when you when you read a straight, and they don't know like as a straight white male like people. It's so true. I think it really actually plays into like larger gender, racial politics. Why a big white dude like Hadrian can suck all this random crazy dick, and a guy like me can't? Because when people see me, they're like, "Look at that little faggot, Hadrian." <laughs> They're like – they're they're too caught off guard because here's the thing. I have another friend and then – I know we got to end this. I know. I have another friend who is similar to Hadrian where he just fucking like – he wants to score tail. He can score tail. And uh, he sent us a video of him like he had landed in New York City. He was in a cab and he sent us a video of him jerking himself off to completion in a cab and – and we were like, how the fuck did he get away with that? And it's because he's a six foot three, 260 pound white male. And it's like, you're just so taken aback and you don't feel, you don't have this like cultural, um, indig- like you can't feel okay being like indignant about what he's doing. Cause he owns this space. I, there I am all like Alana from Broad City right now. I'm like the <gasps> man.
2: <laughs> oh no you you have no idea like right now I love your brain I want to make out with your brain right now girl you're making it weird well Cena we we, <laughs> we have I'm so thrilled to have you
0: on and thank you so much for being here and we're going to have you back in a few months when we get closer to Iceman but again thanks so much CenaGrace.com if you've not checked this stuff out go out get all of his things any new pins that come out because they are amazing and uh, again thank you so
3: much thank you guys I had a lot of fun I'm like ready to start fucking promoting stuff you guys are the the first in in a whirlwind so i'm, I'm ready <laughs> Yay. thanks well, thanks a lot yeah love you both
1: thanks for listening to flame on presented by nerdy show if you like what you heard please rate and review us on itunes like and follow us on soundcloud or give us your feedback at nerdyshow.com survey flame on was created by brian Pitterd and engineered by pat o'rourke as listener supported entertainment We rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdy show. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com and be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Flame On on all your favorite social networks. If it's gay and geeky, we've got you covered.
4: Hi, I'm
0: Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.